Oh, I've been sick the last two days. I appear to have caught a cold on the way home. Oh, good. That it's fun. Yep, but I took a at-home COVID test this evening, and I'm COVID-free. So Hooray! Could be worse. It's just the regular pathogens. <laughs> uh, good old-fashioned head cold, and I was using uh, cough drops that are expired in 2019, because, you know, I haven't, haven't been as sick in the last two years. <laughs> yeah. Time's up. Start the game already! Let's do this! I'm not ready! Welcome, dear listener of the QQ Cast. Today is Thursday, November 18th, 2021, and we're your hosts, Thunderpont and Zach Mayer say, Where's Ruli? He's dead to us. Wait, what? When? Huh? He's dead to us. Oh, just to us. Because he abandoned us. Son of a bitch! To, like, hang out with his family or something. Oh, I don't know. yeah, and his children. God, <laughs> just the worst. Oh, all those values that he has. Blech. <laughs> Gross. And this, dear listener, is Quest 146. Ooh, that number keeps getting higher all the time. Uh, why are people so disappointed in remasters, re-releases? I don't know. I'll figure out how to phrase the question later when we're done. But, um, yeah, there's a bunch of new games and shit coming out. And one of the ones I want to talk about was GTA. I think you had some stuff you want to talk about, Zach. Um, what, let's start with what's what's on your mind, sir. Well, I mean, GTA is a really good starting place, so we should probably just start there uh, and expand our scope as we are wont to do. But um, yeah, no. So GTA released their what, what was what do they call it? Definitive edition. Definitive edition trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're charging for this, right? Uh, I think it's sixty bucks, but you're getting all three GTA games from the GTA three. PlayStation 2 era, so you're getting GTA, Vice City, and San Andreas. That is a lot of content for $60. I mean, yes, not wrong. Um, I think <laughs> there's there's been some interesting issues coming out of it. Most of them, at least to me, and I, I really didn't get into GTA until GTA 4, which isn't part of this bundle. Um, so I'm, I, I have kind of an outsider's perspective on all of it. It's endearing to me the kind of like weird bugs and uh, visual gag inconsistencies that they had. Uh, I think my favorite has been that they they upresed everything, right? Like they increased yeah. the poly count of all of their their models and added higher definition uh, uh, textures onto pretty much everything, which is great. Kind of what you expect from a remastery kind of thing. Uh, but there's this this donut shop, and there's this. <laughs> I know where you're going. There's this visual gag in the original where it's I, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's like Tough Nut or something like that. Uh, donuts, and so they have the donut, big donut on top of the shop, and next to it they have a uh, a hex nut, like a, a construction hex nut. So Tough Nut, right? It's great, except that they increased the poly count on all of their models and now the nut the hex nut from the original is just a what's what's the word it's it's a two it, it's a it's all rounded all of the the angles are gone yeah. and wrong and now it's just us a, a, 
what's a, a, there's a term for that shape. It's a donut. It's just a donut. Well, yeah, I, a, I don't know what the term is for ten-sided donuts. <laughs> it's it, it, yeah. or twenties, whatever it is. Yeah, it's um, it's a ring. It's just a ring. Like I don't know, something's lost. And honestly, stuff like that is just it's kind of cute from the outside. But I, I didn't pay for this, uh, and I wouldn't because I have no real interest in it. I can I can sort of imagine that people who did are looking at it going, this is definitive? Really? That's definitive? <laughs> okay, so I'm actually, I'm really glad you brought that up specifically, because one of the things they did a lot of in the GTA remaster is, uh, well, first of all, they ported from the original engine, I forget what it was called, to Unreal, and they did that for the phone games. And then they took the, fo- the, the port of the phone games, and of course, because they're already in the Unreal engine, they did a bunch of upscaling, and we'll talk about that, and put it out now onto consoles. Um, so when they did a lot of this upscaling, they did it in a very automated fashion. They did a lot of AI uh, uh, upscaling and rendering. So um, I think they did that with some of the poly counts. They did that a t- with a ton of the textures, just AI upscaling, which um, is interesting that people are so upset about it with GTA, because when you look at something, I, I remember uh, looking at a fan project for Final Fantasy, the, the Final Fantasy PS1 games that they've re-released, mm-hmm. they originally didn't, the Square Enix did not upscale the background, so they're fairly effing low quality. They were always pre-rendered back in the day, which looked amazing, but now in HDTVs, they look terrible. So fans went through and AI upscaled it, and you can get, for PC only, you can go and download all the AI upscaled backgrounds. They look infinitely better than they did without that AI upscaling. And so this company clearly used that technique or something similar to do upscaling in GTA, and yet people are very upset about it. And they really are seemingly, or at least the vocal minority, is seemingly wishing that they had had artists kind of hand paint and hand re-render and hand remake these. And I can understand the exact example you just brought up of the hex nuts. Like, oh, guys, you you missed the joke. But, you know, I, I led by saying these games are massive in content. These cities are huge. There's thousands of textures. To redo all of those by hand or upscale them by hand would be, frankly, an absurd and obscene amount of effort. That's a lot of, of quality. Um, oh, yeah. It's funny to me that people are so upset by this in GTA when, again, fan projects did this for Final Fantasy and everyone was so happy about it. So there's, there's this dichotomy that I find interesting where if it's free, that's okay. But if you paid money for it, it's not okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people who play video games are... <laughs> The, this weird mix of uh, like just tight fisted and super generous. Like you, you look at the amount of money that people spend on Kickstarters for games that may or may not ever materialize. You buy into the idea of a thing more than the thing itself. Almost when you're, when you're talking about people who want to pay for video games and for a fan project that's released for presumably free, I assume it must be right. Like uh, those backgrounds, people, are, yeah. <clears throat> like that makes a lot of sense. That hey, this is somebody doing this in their spare time, not profiting on it. You know, better than nothing. But when you're going to charge sixty bucks for something that you know has been out for almost two decades, you expect a little bit more. And whether that's right, wrong, indifferent is uh, I guess we could mull that over, but I, I think 
it's not unexpected that people want to see that they got their money's worth for a thing that they're paying for. Whether they're justified in that position or not is beside the point. It's you'd expect people to want more for money. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm trying to kind of just talk about the artistic integrity in isolation. I mean, you're you know, you still had to pay to get Final Fantasy IX, and there's a fan mod that that upresed it. Um, sure. And so in this case, you paid to get GTA, but instead of needing a mod to upres it, you got the upres included. And I, I kind of feel like that should be a bit more acceptable than it seems to be. Um, now, I mean, like one of the elephants in the room here is I, I, you know, and we don't, I don't talk about it. I don't try to throw my hat in the ring here because I work for a game company that has released multiple ports of old games that, um, ports, uh, re remakes, there's different words for it, uh, that have had varying quality, shall we say. So I'm not trying to point fingers and, and get pissed, but people are very upset about GTA. And again, I just kind of find that interesting. Like, apparently there are a bunch of bugs, and they need to fix those bugs. Apparently some of the rain effects look like shit, and okay, you should probably fix your rain effects. But as far as the content goes, I actually was kind of interested, and I, I'm interested in playing a million video games, I probably never get around to it, but I didn't actually own the GTA games on PS2 back in the day, because I never owned a PS2, so I only played a little bit at my friend's houses growing up. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh man, this actually could be fun, just to get these games and just drive around a bit and play, you know, play Vice City was the one I was always interested in. Um, but people are really bashing on these things, and I just, I don't know if that's warranted. Like, if you really go through with a fine-tooth comb and you get out your... Uh, your magnifying glass. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna find you know some problems that the hex nut joke that is lost. But is that really <laughs> what ninety five plus percent of gamers care about here? I mean, the game clearly people are trying to compare it in terms of art style to the original GTA trilogy on PlayStation Two, and it, that I don't even know how you compare these two with the fog. And they're like, well, the lighting is different. It's like, yeah, it was a different game engine. The lighting is different. You had this horrible fog. You had all of this. Um, uh, what's the term where they, they blend the edges together? Oh, I'm so bad. I can't remember the term right now. Um, I mean, frankly, those Aliasing. games... Aliasing? Yeah, thank you. Aliasing. It's like, those games looked like shit compared to what we have today. They were designed to run on a CRT. It was blurry. Um, so I think it looks infinitely better than it used to. Um, and so I don't know. I think I think someone like the nerd... Uh, the, the nerd geek, you know, society here is, is throwing their nose up at a product that might not be as bad as everyone says it is. I mean, maybe it is. Again, I'm, I I haven't dug in, but I just find it interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, some of the bugs are, are <laughs> again, to me, outside looking in, more endearing than anything. I, I saw one that was uh, somebody was driving around and was wobbling the car that they were in, you know, just like really quickly flipping left and right. And the car uh, was growing? It was growing. <laughs> it was growing sense. infinitely. Like, what the hell? How does that even happen? I don't know. But uh, some of the, the criticism for just the way that it looks and and feels is, it, it makes me think of, like, turning on the lights at closing time in a really dingy bar and just, like, seeing who you've been hanging out with for the last five hours uh it's not pretty it's never pretty and this is kind of like that like the fidelity that we had with these games when they were released was amazing because you know 3d open world games were not really i guess established might be the right word uh by that point it was still kind of a, a new way to experience a video game and the gta series did a really good job of making that compelling 
um, and, and and a lot of other series. I honestly would point at things like you know Morrowind and Oblivion, Skyrim. The whole Elder Scrolls series is taking inspiration from Oblivion just for the open world aspect. Um, so you know, revolutionary in their own right, and definitely innovative and worthy of a place in gaming history until you turn the lights on and you get to see (laughs) what it looks like in quote unquote high definition without all of the, um, without aliasing. Yeah. All all of, all of the bits (laughs) that made it work way back when, when those tricks aren't necessary anymore, but they're still kind of there. It looks like clown makeup. (laughs) Uh, and so I get it. Like it's, Sort of, you 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 have this memory of it that isn't anything close to reality. You remember it for what it was at the time, right? All of a lot of these games, we fill in the gaps in the experience with our own impressions and memories and imagination. And when you revisit it, like fifteen odd years on, it's it's like taking off those rose-colored glasses and you're seeing it for what it was, sort of, but also just kind of mourning that loss for what you remembered, what you thought it could be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone's going to view things through rose-tinted glasses, right, when you, when you look back. Um, what, what's yeah. funny is, you know, I'm a huge Mario 64 fan, right? And Mario 64 mm-hmm. came out in the Super Mario 3D uh, All Stars pack recently, as well as mm-hmm. now on the uh, Switch expansion pack online virtual console, whatever they're calling it, and it's polygonal as f, and yet I still think it looks great. Um, there, there are some weird tricks that no longer hide, like when Mario uh, turns into his low poly count, being a little further in the camera, which you weren't supposed to be able to see, but it still looks great to me is that purely nostalgia or was that the art style because like i think gta tried to i mean there was no such thing as you know realistic graphics back in ps2 day right but it was trying to be a bit more realistic than Mm -hmm. something like mario 64 and yet i think mario 64 still looks cool in a very nostalgic only way i don't know is it pure nostalgia or no i think there's definitely some art style involved like the cool thing about Mario 64 is that they incorporated their limitations and their advancements into the art style, right? So the poly stuff that you saw was as much part of the visual look, the, the visual feel of that whole game as it was a limitation of the technology. Uh, with GTA, like I don't know, man, those face textures got rough. <laughs> they they were as good as they could be at the time and it was fine you could use your imagination and fill in the gaps and it was really just all sort of there to give you the impression of the experience that they were trying to convey now it's distracting like we have gotten used to a level of fidelity with just like human models that is not going to be captured there. And it's not an art style. It's just bad. Um, not for like any reason. There's no blame to put that on. It's just that it doesn't really work. It's not 
stylized the way that something like Mario 64 is. No, I mean, Mario 64's characters uh, were... You know, their their faces were basically like a nose and cartoon eyes. They were cartoons. They were not trying to be people or realistic. That right. even went for Zelda for the most part. Um, oh, yeah. it, even though when they remade the Zelda games for 3DS, they redid the primary character models for, of course, for Link and some of the primary characters. But, um, yeah, I don't know. People are very upset about GTA and, you know, the wobbly cars that grow infinitely or the rain effects. I, I get but I don't know. I think people are overreacting to some of the other stuff. And I don't know. Maybe at this pure, purely opinion, maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I get the impression that a lot of people feel like the um, trying to think of a nicer way to put it, but the terribleness of it feels accidental more than intentional. <laughs> uh, so it's 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 the intent behind it. And I'm still I, I'm hooked on to the, the comparison you made with mario 64 like there's intent behind the design and the way that it looks and feels even in that low poly world that doesn't exist in gta that intent just isn't there and so when you try and make it quote unquote better or modern with the air quotes that you can't see it just feels lazy you know and the circle back to the AI up-res texture thing or the you know poly count the fact that they used AI is just an emphasis on the lazy like this wasn't a carefully done project this was we handed the whole thing to a machine and let a machine do it and now we want your 60 bucks yeah it is this because like again I, I have some experience with behind the magic here like Again, the, the number of assets in the three GTA titles is absolutely positively huge. Having humans yep. repaint each of those is uh, an obscenely high cost, right? This wasn't like an old mm -hmm. tile-based or sprite-based game where there's a finite number of assets that are a bit more down-to-earth or small in their scope. These were huge. Um, so I, I guess I'm just conceptually like, yeah, they, they this wasn't a remake this was truly a remaster, and they uprezzed the textures, and they did it with, with AI. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm yeah. somewhat frustrated. There's, there's a great. I shouldn't say great. There's a channel I like on YouTube. A uh, guy called Neril, uh, N E R R E L, I think. He has some really dry, sarcastic reviews of things. But one of the things he also does is he does uh, as a personal project for himself. He likes to do upscaling of old textures for like things like Zelda games, and he'll put tutorials and videos about how he does the upscaling and how he recreates the textures. And like, if you watch that guy and you see how much fucking effort it takes to upscale these old textures and make them by hand, it's a ridiculously large amount of work. Um, and that is only getting harder as games get higher fidelity. That's another thing I don't think people fully understand sure. is that going from something like, you know, the original GTA, the original 3D GTAs to modern high fidelity, it's not just two or three times more work because it's two or three times the resolution it's exponentially more work it's like going from here's a you know post-it note with some colored pencils to here's a giant canvas that you have to repaint each one of those post-it notes but now you actually have to use you know paints instead of just colored pencils like it's a completely different art form it's huge it's different it's going to look different it's going to be hard to capture the style of the, the low-res post-it note with color with colored pencils versus 
or crayons versus, you know, paints on a gigantic canvas that you have to translate each one of those post-its. It's exponentially huge amount of effort. Um, so maybe I'm just too sympathetic to being like, yeah, it's fine. I just wanted to play GTA that didn't look fuzzy. And maybe my bars went <laughs> too low. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think that you're wrong. You're you're definitely not wrong if you consider the scope of those games in their entirety. Um, I I would point out, and you mentioned it before with some of the uh, the remakes of other games, you can do a lot by just changing a little. Things like remastering or redoing the main characters only, or just a few of the uh, the elements in the game uh, that are you know the, that you designate as important. However, you do it. Uh, one of the series that I think did it really well and has the advantage of being a little bit newer, uh, admittedly, is the uh, the Mass Effect series had their giant collection remaster, definitive edition, whatever it was called. And uh, so Mass Effect one through whatever uh, got released as a bundle. And the especially the first one, Mass Effect One. Is that is that out? Uh, I don't actually remember if that's out or not yet. Oh yeah, it is. Is I it? Okay. Played, yeah, I played through it earlier this year. Um, like the the Mass Effect One. Yeah, they redid it, not like wholesale redid, but they paid a lot of special attention to the primary cast and the ship that you fly around on. And not necessarily all of the environments. There's still a lot of same-same kind of going uh, around, but that was part of the original game. So you forgave it for a lot of its weirdness. It still looked old, but it didn't look bad. And that's where I think GTA's remaster is, is kind of falling flat, because they they mm. did the up They made it not blurry, but they didn't go any further, like any further. And if they had made just a little bit more of an effort, then you could point to that and say, well, this was a worthwhile endeavor. But as it is, I, I can understand why people look at it and say, this is a slap in the face to my memories of this wonderful franchise, because it kind of is. See, I don't, I don't, I guess that's the, the part, like, is it a slap to the face? Is it, should it just be neutral? Like, okay, this isn't a great re-release, but you know, it is upscale that does run more or less smooth apparently it has bugs i'm not trying to defend bugs you know or should it really be i am offended um because I, I can give some examples of like oh man this is almost borderline offensive for other remakes i can get into yeah. but uh I don't, know. I don't know to me i think that it's something that nobody was well that's not fair I was going to say it's something that nobody was asking for, but I'm sure that there were message boards and Reddit posts and things where people were like, man, I wish I could go back and play GTA on PC again. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if people would be happier today not having the Definitive Edition than they are with it. And that's that's sad. And I, I would point again to Mass Effect. Um, that that remaster uh, for I I forgot what they called that. Series. I'm gonna go look it up. I've got Steam open. I'm sure I can find it. Um, that whole thing was done really really well, and you could see the 
not just the level of effort, but the reception that it got. Uh, you know, it was top of the Twitch charts for a while. People were replaying the whole trilogy and uh, having a lot of fun with it. And that's fantastic. People were pleased to have that. People were happier having that remaster than just living with the memory. And I don't think that's the case for this GTA remaster. And that's that's not that's not so happy. Yeah, I guess I'm in the other camp that I, I don't have those memories because I didn't own the game. So I'm happy to be like, again, played in something that's not blurry and old and needs a CRT. Mm-hmm. Legendary <laughs> edition. That's what it was. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and I'm and I'm speaking personally too. Like I played through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition and loved every bit of it. It was a ton of fun and just it it was a trip down memory lane that was special and enjoyable. Um, not least because you were seeing a bunch of other people doing the exact same thing uh, and really enjoying this again with you uh, on the internet and Twitch and YouTube and all of the the clips and things. Uh, not to mention that it released with all the extra DLC already included with it. <laughs> so some of it I actually hadn't played before, which was really cool. I don't think that's really the case for the GTA stuff. It might be, for all I know. Like I said, I, don't, I haven't I don't really looked at it. I don't think the original GTA's but... had any DLC. I think this was before the year of DLC, so I don't oh, think you're yeah. getting those complete well, packages. GTA 1, or, yeah, GTA 1 was in the 90s. GTA 3 was 2001, so... But it was still PlayStation 2. I don't think they were, we were at a, a DLC point yet in that world. Yeah, the first GTA was 1997. GTA 3 was 2001. Mass Effect 1 was 2007. So there's definitely a generation gap, and I'm not discounting that as mm-hmm. a factor, absolutely. Like, the um, the Mass Effect games were also DirectX games, so their engine might not have been quite so terrible. Uh, <laughs> it didn't need to jump engines when they did their, their remaster. Um, at least not entirely, probably a version update, <laughs> at least. But, um, yeah, now nah, it's, uh, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, um, uh, so going into some other remakes, uh, well, first of all, actually, one I don't really have anything to say about, because I, I think it's brand new, it's coming out right now, is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Did you see the remake? Apparently it's getting really good reviews, but I don't know much about it. You know, I I think I saw that they were remaking it. Um, I I don't know anything beyond that it might exist. Uh, Remake release date. Oh, hey, November 11th. Well, shit. Um, I think it comes out like limited run tomorrow. That would be cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. could be good. Uh, I haven't seen really anything about it, and part of that's intentional. Like, I I don't want to get sucked back into KOTOR. It was a fun game. It was a really fun game. Uh, I'd be pleased if the reviews are good, but I suspect it's kind of something similar to uh, what Mass Effect did. Like, they up and redid the major cast and a couple of the environments that you spend the most time on and the rest of it is just sort of scaled textures but uh yeah if they if they do that and you know fix some of the bugs and make it run at higher resolution then awesome awesome yeah it's it's getting good reviews but i I don't know anything about it so 
Um, so some other recent remakes that I, I kind of want to talk about. And these these are remakes, not remasters, um, not just ports. So Final Fantasy, the, the uh, 8 and 16-bit games have had multiple re-releases in the past several years. And there's actually, a, I shouldn't say past, like that's past 20, there's all sorts of different remakes. But the two most recent ones were they had a series of re-releases for um, for mobile devices, for phones that had hand-drawn art styles. And now what's rolling out currently is the pixel remaster of the games, where instead of taking kind of the old hand-drawn art style, or sorry, hand-drawn version of the old art style, they actually are trying to stay more true to being uh, pixel games, but they're doing slightly high, higher res pixel games with better animations, with way better uh, lighting and visual effects and, and HD soundtracks. And it's been getting uh, pretty positive, but slightly mixed reviews. My brother's been playing through each of the Pixel remasters um, as they've been coming out, and he's been really enjoying them. I tried playing through uh, FF4, and I was having a good time. It, it feels like a classic old game. And um, whereas the, the previous ones, the hand-drawn ones, were getting just terrible, terrible shit reviews. Everyone hated the way they looked. There was a ton of attention to detail that was not there. The Pixel remasters seem to have that attention to detail for the most part. So, um, like I said, my brother's been playing through them, and enjoying them. I've uh, played through a little bit of it and enjoyed it. And earlier, you know, you talked about that the rose-tinted glasses of like, oh, this is how I remember it looking. That really is how the Pixel Remasters feel to me, is this is probably what your mind's eye saw when you looked at these old games. I think they've captured that quite well in the Pixel Remasters. So apparently, they're again, they're getting good, not great reviews. And it seems to be pretty justified from my point of view. Um, do you know anything about the Pixel Remaster, Zach? Do you have any investment at all in the the old, you know, two D Final Fantasies? You know, I don't personally, but I know a lot of people do, uh, and I can I can imagine something like that getting pretty mixed reviews. Uh, every interaction that I've had with the Final Fantasy fan base has been polarized in one way or another. It's either around your favorite characters or your favorite particular game. Uh, your favorite era? Do you like the 2D versus the 3D? Uh, it, yeah, no, it's 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 a community that I I can appreciate because it's a fandom that's very much like other fandoms that I that I do subscribe to things like Star Wars, even Star Trek to a lesser degree. That has just like what's that uh, uh, Simpsons bit with uh, groundskeeper Willie? <laughs> which, like, which damn, <laughs> damn, damn Final Fantasy fans, they ruined Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> I God, I wish I I should know this. I should know all the, the Simpsons references, but I can't remember right now. Uh, what was it? Something like uh, Scots and somebody are natural. En- oh, brothers and sisters are natural enemies, like Scots and the English, or Scots and somebody else or scots and other scots damn scots they ruined scotland yeah okay okay i do remember this i do remember this yes you you scots are a contentious people you've made an enemy for life (laughs) uh yeah no it's good times but the point is yeah no i can i can definitely understand the mixed reviews for you know a remake of those those classic final fantasy games and that's just an expression of the fandom's (laughs) <laughs> weird sort of capricious nature and there's nothing wrong with that i think people are going to like what they want to like and sometimes what they want to like is hating stuff <laughs> oh it's so much fun to get on the hate bandwagon um, absolutely hating is a national pastime yeah 
Well, just just because I, I don't think we'll ever get to talk about this in the cast again. The the last thing I'll say about the Pixel remasters is that I, I think they're good. Um, I think buying them independently a little overpriced, in my opinion, but they are they are good. Uh, what I do think though is I think they missed the opportunity to truly be reusing the Grand Theft Auto word, the definitive editions, the truly the best editions they could have ever been. And I think they could have accomplished that by having a few more options. You know, they did a few things in the game, like adding diagonal movement and um, changing the way some basic like spell mechanics work. They didn't add in the extra content from the other remakes throughout the years. And they don't have a way, options of toggling on and off certain things. Like the new soundtracks are remixed by uh, um, uh, Nobu Uematsu. Oh my God, I can't remember remember how to pronounce his name right now. Um, The original composer, and they're getting really good reviews. But it's one of those things where like, I feel like they could have... Uh, and this is something that like games like the the, the StarCraft remasters or um, I think maybe the Age of Empires games, they made it where you could just toggle the old the old graphics and the new graphics on back and forth. Uh, I think the Diablo remake did that recently. And I think they could have added some of those features like turning on or off the old sprites, turning on or off the old backgrounds, turning on or off the old movement speed, turning on or off the old soundtracks. And I think they really could have made truly the definitive editions of these games. Instead, they made good solid additions but i feel like there was a missed opportunity um that's i don't know that's all i have to say really about them yeah and that's fair um yeah nothing really more to say about it it's it's fair (laughs) well what um so yeah that was uh, some some complaining and some uh discussion about some of the recent remakes what other things do you want to tangent into from this topic well you know there's not just remakes but the um the evolution of some of the series that have been coming out. And we've seen things like, uh, I'm going to say uh, Back for Blood is definitely a sequel to Left oh, for Dead. Back for Blood. I have things to say about that one. I have played that Back one, for, actually. Back for Blood, uh, Age of Empires got a new entry, um, you know, COD, Battlefield, uh, Halo came out a month early. Um, all of these have uh, a nostalgia factor to them now because they've been running for, in some cases, multiple decades. And that's got a lot to do with their, uh, well, their popularity, certainly, but I think their reception as well. And so things like Age of Empires and Halo, especially, that have these long tail track records uh, and huge gaps in their uh, their series entries, there's an expectation that you're going to be able to recapture what you felt and experienced in those those previous games. And I don't know if they always hold up quite as well as we wish they did. So uh, Back for Blood is an interesting one. So I, I played this a bit with uh, with one of our friends, and. I, I have to say, I think if you don't, and it's so hard to not compare Back for Blood for with, with Left for Dead. I think if you don't compare Back for Blood to Left for Dead, it's more favorable because Left for Dead had so much polish, especially when it came to like user experience and signaling the user what's going on in the game. And Back for Blood just just frankly doesn't doesn't have that. It keeps trying to add more mechanics and more layers, and more progression on top, but it is nowhere near as streamlined. As Left 4 Dead, and so I think it's it's doing it a, dis- a disservice mm-hmm. to compare it to something that was so shiny and so polished. Because Back 4 Blood, in and of itself, is not a bad game. Um, mm. 
it it has again a very different set of pros going for it than Left 4 Dead did. And I think by comparing them directly, it, it takes it down a peg. When independently, it, it might be okay, but if you're looking for Left 4 Dead, you're going to find something different that might yeah. might not be as good for you. Yeah, I can kind of see what you mean. Um, I don't think it's necessarily unfair to compare the two, though. Like, there's definitely something to be said about specializing, doing one thing really, really well, which Left 4 Dead absolutely did. It had one core loop that it executed really, really well. Mm -hmm. If you try to sex it up by just throwing mechanics at it, and just adding more and more and more complexity onto that one core loop, then you're going to lose fidelity in the experience necessarily. Right. And that is not always a bad thing. Um, you know, if you are intending to have a game that is focused much more on breadth and depth, uh, that's fine. But I don't think that's necessarily good for a game like back for blood. So if you have a counterpoint to it, like Left 4 Dead, which you definitely do, then I don't think it's it's unfair to use it. Um, but it's also I, I think reasonable to say yeah these are these are different games and they're made in different times and you know at least it's <laughs> you can definitely. You can definitely feel them the made same. in different times because Back for Blood has this whole progression system that it wants you to keep mm -hmm. going through, whereas Left for Dead is just like, no, here's the campaigns, have fun. So it definitely feels like a boxed product versus yeah. a service product. And oh boy, yeah. do you feel it? Yeah, <clears throat> nah, I can, I can get it. Um, I, I mean, honestly, like Left for Dead was a fantastic game, and more of the same is not unwelcome. So in that. I think Back for Blood definitely <laughs> definitely succeeds. Uh similarly similarly but differently, uh Age of Empires feels like a remake more than it does a new entry into the system. Which I there... I really should play it because I am so cool with that. Age of Empires 2 was awesome. I love oh. that game. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like uh it, it is it definitely has the Age of Empires vibe. I don't know how well that vibe holds up in the modern day. A lot of it is very nostalgic. A lot of it feels like I'm back in 2000-whatever, or like 1990-whatever, and playing a real-time strategy game, you know, which was still kind of novel at the time. And that is fun, honestly. Like, it's fun. Um, I keep trying to do like keyboard commands though from that I learned from other things like <laughs> uh more modern RTS games, things like StarCraft that just don't work. It doesn't operate the same way, and it's not really intended to. So I have to forgive it a little bit, but at the same time, I'm looking at it like mm, you could have modernized some of this you didn't have to be quite this faithful yeah that that sounds i, I again i haven't played aoe4 yet um but if they didn't take you know keyboard shortcuts that that seems something that would have been reasonable to why not take modern convention and apply sure. it here sure but things like the campaign are way way better the campaign is fantastic 
highly recommend. Uh, the multiplayer matches are great. The bot matches are fine. Uh, it's it's fun to play on the different maps. I do wish that they had a map editor, but that's whatever. Um, it is definitely a, a fun thing to just kind of pick up and play for you know twenty thirty minutes. You know, sit down and when you've got a, a lull in whatever it is that you're doing, just go go run a quick round with with some bots. Or if you've got a, a friend or a coworker, just like yeah, do a quick uh, do a quick deathmatch <laughs> and, and and call it good. It's it's fun. Um, they did do a great job with the um, like making each of the the factions feel unique. Like there are unique units for each of the nationalities and uh, and that's that's a ton of fun very aoe uh but yeah no it's it, it it's it's not a bad game it's a good game even uh but it definitely feels like much more of a remake than it does a new entry you're making me want to play it more if that's your i don't know if that's your intent or not but <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i, I i'm not trying to be prescriptive about it uh i enjoy it i i think it's it's good and fun if you're expecting it to be anything more than a really pretty aoe 3 or aoe 2 you might be disappointed but i i honestly don't think you will be if you're expecting it to be a real like hyper modern rts game well, that nah, is a genre that's quite. gone away for a long time. So, uh, coming back with AoE four is pretty cool by my in my book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 good. Like, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Uh, it is definitely well executed. It runs great. Uh, I haven't seen any like major game breaking issues. Uh, even really, bug reports haven't come across uh, with any sort of volume. And I certainly haven't experienced any myself, so it's it's great execution wise, uh, no fault there. Yeah. Well, cool. Speaking of things that are less great execution wise, uh, I I mentioned them, but uh, like Battlefield and uh, Vanguard, like, Call of Duty is almost cheating. Yeah, it it releases practically every year, and it's okay. I guess, but it's like the fight, the FIFA of real-time uh, first-person shooters. <laughs> it's okay, but you'd think that after a decade and a half of doing first-person shooters, they'd figure out how to make one that is not so unbalanced and buggy. You just think. So it's not just that it's not the remasters and the remakes that have this issue. We can't even make new games that work. Uh, and that's that holds true of Battlefield. Battlefield I have is honestly, doing some different stuff. I don't but... think I've ever played a Call of Duty game, believe it or not. Ever. Really? Yeah, I don't Zombies. So. Zombies in, in Black Ops was fantastic. Like the first one. Oh, man. What a cool mode. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that to talk shit. I just don't think I've ever played them. No, and that's... No, that's fine. Um, yeah, there's entire genres that I'm not really into, so it's it's totally cool. I, I used to play so many more first-person shooters when I was younger, and I play so fewer now. The fact that I'm playing um, a little Back for Blood is somewhat uncommon for me. Yeah. 
No, I feel yeah. I I don't know. I, we have such a glut of first-person shooters, just like any in any typical year, that it's kind of hard to avoid for me at least. And it's a it's a genre that I've always really had a lot of fun with. Um, and I'm not disappointed in the amount of content. Like I I play a bunch of uh, Apex. I have played a fair amount of uh valorant the one that i love the most and have loved the most as a franchise is battlefield they just had a new entry released and i like it i want i want to put this in in the remake category yeah well i want to put it in a remaster category just because it is such a great departure from what the last couple of battlefield entries have been Hmm. um there's still the they they kept a progression system which they added at one point and it was not ever really particularly well executed and I'm not sure that it is really here still. Um but instead of going for like hyper realism and trying to put you into your uh you know role as a soldier, a nameless soldier on a battlefield and, and I have no idea where you would go with that experience. That would be anything like satisfying, but that's where the last couple entries sort of seem to be trying to land. Uh, With this latest entry, they've gone back to the idea (laughs) of battlefield moments uh, or just battlefield things. It's just kind of insane action. One of my favorite things that people have been doing in this game, which has to be a bug, it has to be unintended. There's a vehicle in the game. It's a hovercraft. This is near future. There's like climate catastrophes and all this good stuff, but it's not so far removed Ominous. from our contemporary understanding of you know technology and the way that things work. Uh, there's this hovercraft vehicle that you can call in and drive around and it has guns on it because of course it does and in a lot of these maps there are uh, there's just a ton of verticality uh which is great for the whole series i i really have been enjoying those maps you can take this hovercraft and if you do it and wiggle it just right you can get the hovercraft to stick to the side of a building and just drive it up the side of a skyscraper until you're on top of the world it is the goofiest stupidest thing and it is so broken but everybody loves that it's it's just the most battlefield thing ever to be able to take a hovercraft stick it to the side of a building and shoot down at a capture point oh man it's so dumb it's so dumb and i love it is this intentional? Is this a bug? Like, were they bitching about bugs earlier? Bug. It has to be a bug. It cannot possibly be intended <laughs> that it works that way. And I hope they never patch it. But, um, yeah, no, it's 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 stuff like that. And the thing about it is, the game is back to, or I guess the franchise really, is back to not taking itself quite as seriously as it has been for the last couple iterations. And so this feels like a remaster of the experience, the Battlefield experience, more than just a particular game. This is a modern entry in what we wanted Battlefield to be all along. And that's great. So, yeah. Nice. 
loose fit, but I wanted to, to gush about Battlefield a little bit because I love it. Yeah, I haven't played another Battlefield game in quite some time either, but I'm glad to hear this one is... Uh, by your definition, seemingly referring, return to form. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's not like it's without its fault. There are definitely a ton of bugs, uh, lag spikes, server issues, um, some interface problems... Uh, I have this one fun thing where if I switch attachments on my gun, my scope will stop zooming in <laughs> until I go and switch the scopes around, and that's annoying more than anything. But um, technically, I think it's not quite released, or it releases like tonight in a few hours, but uh, there's supposed to be a day one patch. Um, most of the early access stuff has been... You know, builds that are a month or so behind where the current development at, which is fairly standard for for rollouts like this, or at least that has been in this series. So we'll see what the patch does. But um, yeah, no, it's it's good. The other fun thing about Battlefield that uh, is, is annoying, and I understand why people uh, would criticize it. I personally don't have a problem with it, but I get it. Um, battlefields are like wine they tend to release <laughs> with a lot of issues they tend to be a little clunky and weird at first um, but the long tail on these games gives the uh the team behind it a lot of room to make improvements over time and they do or at least they have for pretty much every one of them that's been released so far so i expect more of the same with this uh, if you play it in six months versus right at release, you'll probably have a better experience than you would today, but I don't give a shit. I'm still having fun with it. Nice. Well, the uh, the last thing I have to mention, I think, on this this topic is uh, Orcs Must Die 3 came out not that long ago. And oh, really? Yeah, I, I love the Orcs Must Die franchise. Orcs Must Die 3 is returned to form because they made Unchained in between, which is kind of a MOBA. I don't, I don't really play it. Um, Orcs Must Die 3 is good. Uh, I, I do recommend it. But it doesn't feel like anything better than Orcs Must Die 2. It's higher fidelity, but you can also tell, like, you know, Orcs Must Die 2 had a bit more content because it was based off Orcs Must Die 1. Um, you can tell, like, Orcs Must Die 3 definitely had some uh, some issues where, like, they just didn't have the funding to do more things, such as every character in Orcs Must Die 3 has the same victory dance. They all do the same type of dance instead of each having a unique dance. So you just kind of get this impression that, like, they were... They were, you know, had a budget, and they had to stay within that that budget and get their game done, which is great and admirable, but it just doesn't add anything more, really, than Orcs Must Die 2. So it, it's fun. I enjoy it. I recommend if you liked Orcs Must Die 1 and 2, you buy it. But if you were like, hey, I've never played an Orcs Must Die game, I might not tell you to start with Orcs Must Die 3. I might tell you to start with 2, because I think that might be, like, the, the best version in the franchise. Um, again, it's, it's expensive and takes a lot of time and effort to make a new entry in a franchise that is that is high fidelity and eh, orcs must die three again good just i wouldn't tell you great so i got a question for you then good and this is something that i've been thinking about on and off for a while um part of the problem that i see with long running franchises and not saying that orcs must die is necessarily in that category it's not that long 10 10 years i think yeah. Maybe a little more. I, okay, yeah, that's respectable. Um, part of the problem with these, these long-running franchises is that's, uh, sort of touching on something I mentioned before about just kind of throwing mechanics at a game to 
like broaden its scope, get more breadth rather than depth on mm-hmm. the uh, the gameplay experience. You see more and more stuff being added to a game, more and more mechanics being added to a game. Uh, and if you are a new player of this franchise in the latest entry, some of those, and I'm looking at you, Call of Duty, can just be <laughs> stupidly dense and honestly just incoherent. People that have been playing these games for the last 10, 15, 20 years get it intuitively because they've been building up to it, right? They've uh, become immersed in the design language of that franchise and they're fluent. But somebody who is coming in fresh, who doesn't have that fluency, who isn't experienced with those mechanics, looks at it and sees a just wall of... Uh, they, they have a very steep learning curve. So with something like the way you described orcs must die three. If mm-hmm. it is simpler, wouldn't would that be better for a new player and then jump them into Orcs Must Die too if they uh, love it? I don't I don't know about that. I don't know that it's simpler. Um like I don't really think there's a lot of new traps or new enemy types in Orcs Must Die three that weren't there in Orcs Must Die Two. Um I do think Orcs Must Die had a as, as I remember playing, it had a wonderful progression where you just kind of kept learning the traps as you go and getting new things. And actually, I think the Orcs Must Die 2 progression, and, and I, I haven't played Orcs Must Die 2 in like eight years, so maybe I'm wrong, but remember Orcs Must Die 3 just kind of kept throwing new things at me, and I was like, eh, I already like the traps and trinkets that I have. So it didn't feel like it was unlocking in the smoothest of progression. So I, I don't know if that applies to this franchise, but I do get what you're saying, especially like think about like civilization games, 4X games oh, that yeah. generally just keep adding complexity. Um, oh God, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine recommending. I, I, I love Stellaris. Yes. Absolutely love Stellaris, but it is an almost $500 game. I think if you buy all the <laughs> DLC, uh, not on sale. It goes on sale a lot, and if you're interested, definitely pick it up. But uh, yeah, no, it. I would never shove somebody into Stellaris with everything all at <laughs> once. Uh, play the base game if you like that. Uh, find find the expansion packs that are interesting. Uh, it gets dense quick, and the mods. Oh my god, the mods. I watched a YouTube video the other day. Somebody built this amazing station defense, like, fortress world uh, thing, and they were showing it off. I was like, that looks cool. I would totally play a game with that in it. And they had the mod list in the description on the video. It was like a hundred different mods. Literally. (laughs) But that sounds like Minecraft to me. I know my friends who play Minecraft, I think, are mostly into the the modding community. Oh yeah, Minecraft is another one of those. I enjoyed Minecraft when it was new, and I had fun with it for a few years. And then I set it down, and I haven't picked it back up. And part of the reason is because they keep adding to it. And I don't know if I really want to learn all of those systems that they've added. Yeah, that's don't look at me. Probably, but I don't know. Anyway. All right. That was about everything that I had. Yeah, no, that was a fun miscellaneous Round round table there of just uh, remakes, re-releases, remasters, sequels. That was fun. Yeah, Ugh. definitely. All right. Well, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Um, next week's Thanksgiving. I don't know if we'll be back next week. So maybe the week after that we'll be back. Uh, and hopefully with a Ruli and we can 
I don't know. Uh, well, maybe we'll have watched Cowboy Bebop by then. Maybe we'll review that. Maybe we'll review Dune. We're, we're, we're long overdue some, for some actual reviews. So It's content season, y'all. <laughs> Everything's coming out. We got Wheel of Time. Which is apparently getting really good reviews. So, Yeah, I just watched the first episode, actually, right before I got on here. Dig it? It starts a little rough. Right, row. But by the end of the episode, I was kind of hooked. So, yeah, I guess it's not bad. Yeah. All right. We'll see. All right. Well, cool. Uh, Zach, I don't know. Thanks again for shooting the shit, man. It's always fun. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. And Good until next... times had by all. Indeed. Until next time, dear listener. QQ! And remake the QQ. Re-release the QHD QQ. Re-Q. Yeah. Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that all views and opinions expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them. Not of their friends and family, not of their co-hosts or co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. You played two hours to die like this?